Many moons ago, I got an associate's degree in electronic engineering. It took me four years to get that two-year degree, but one of the reasons I got it was due to my lab partner, Gary. Now, oddly enough, there was no way I would have graduated without Gary, but for whatever reason, Gary quit the last semester. We had one more semester to go through, and Gary quit. I forget what family thing or whatever came up, and I had to do all my labs solo. I did not find a new partner. Everybody at that point had kind of partnered up for years, and mine quit, and I had to do it myself. It was new. It was hard. And I definitely had imposter syndrome because I'd leaned so hard on my lab partner before. But nonetheless, I was able to do it. And I got through it and I got my degree. And so today we're going to talk about solo podcasting because I hear from a lot of different people that I've tried to do a solo show and I just can't. And there might actually be a reason for that. We're going to talk about that and I'm going to give you some tips that if you do want to do this, a way to make it easier. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears and flatten the learning curve as I help you plan, launch, and grow those downloads. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up. Now, before we go any further, because it's getting... Do you believe, can you believe that January is almost over? And so I need your answer by next Friday to the question of the month. Now, all you got to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question... And this month's question, and the, the reason for this question, is we all want more followers. We want more subscribers. And so what I want you to do is put yourself in a podcast app. You know, picture you're in, I don't know, Overcast or Apple Podcast or Google Podcast or Spotify. You, you get the idea. You're in an app and a podcast that you probably should listen to has come up on the screen. What I want you to do is kind of say what caught your eye. Is the description important? Do you cherry pick titles or you just go ahead and subscribe? Really, what gets you to subscribe? So this is kind of a wide question. And while you're there, be sure to mention the name of your podcast and your website, pretty please. And we're just trying to understand by reverse engineering this, how people decide to subscribe slash follow to a podcast. I need your answer by January 28th, 2022. And you can do that by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. I look forward to hearing from you. I have said in the past that when you do interviews, you grow your network. When you do a solo show, you grow your influence. There's only one problem, and that is you are super uncomfortable doing a solo show. And you know what? I get that. We're going to talk about why that is in some cases. It's just the way you are wired. But let's talk about the advantages of a solo episode. Maybe this will entice you to try one. And here's something to remember. You can try one and record it and then delete it. Not everything you record needs to be released. One advantage of a solo episode is you are 100% in control. You can be as creative 
as you want. Another one is, you know, ahead of time what the content is. You're not relying on a guest going, man, I hope they bring some good content. And for the record, that should never be the case. You should know ahead of time that your guest is going to bring good content because you've done your homework. That's a whole other episode that I did. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you're into interviews, I just did. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. It's the longest episode I've ever done. I did a brain dump on interviews, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 811. Another one is less production. You don't have to worry about getting volume levels right and things of that nature because the only volume level is, well, yours. That makes things a whole lot easier. Another one is no scheduling conflicts. I had one this weekend at somebody that didn't show up. It happens. It's COVID. It's all sorts of fun stuff. So that's, that's the good news. That's what makes them easy. You want a podcast? You got a microphone? Got a computer? Go. You have to worry about it. Here are some of the hurdles you're going to face, though, with solo podcasts. Remember how I said the good news is you know what the content is? The kind of flip side of that is, guess what? All the pressure of the content is on your shoulders. Another one is you kind of need to watch for voice inflection. And we're going to talk about how to get the right inflection. Because on one hand, you you don't want to sound like this. Welcome to the show where I'm Mr. Monotone and I never ever take a breath and I keep just talking like this and I'm really boring and it's just this one note. And then you have the other guy that's the sports announcer. Holy cow. Wow. That's the, and nobody talks like that. Hey, will you pass me the salt? Okay. No. <laughs> Dinner at the sports announcer's house. Hey, look at him. Slam that gravy. Okay. Another one is it just kind of feels weird talking to nobody right now. I'm in a room. It's me and the space heater. And that's it. Another one is people think that if I do a 30 minute interview show, that I have to do a 30 minute solo show. You need to do a length of episode that is needed to cover the topic. Today, we're going to talk about making it easier to do a solo podcast if that's something you want to do. And when I've made all my points, I will hit stop. And typically I look down and I'm somewhere between 30 minutes and 40 minutes, depending on how things go. So I have some tips for doing a solo show. Number one. And I think the first one is it helps if you're just a little weird. <laughs> I, I can say, and let's just say creative weird is kind of a negative connotation, but I am somewhat of a creative person. And I believe that has to do with being the youngest. Because for whatever reason, when I grew up, my brother and sister, who are both older, that's how you end up being the youngest, by the way, uh, all had friends in the neighborhood. I did not. I had to entertain myself or I just hung out with my mom and I had a cousin, but he lived kind of far away. So I kind of got used to being by myself. And I think that's one of the reasons why I very much at times enjoy being a solo artist because I'm kind of used to it. Number two. But the one thing I see people start to think about is podcasting is a global audience and they go in the podcast groups and people say, Hey, I just went over a million downloads and dad, 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 And they're like, Holy cow. So many people are listening. No, no. Especially if you're just starting and you're worried about the audience. Don't because you're just starting, which means you may, maybe we'll have two thirds of a classroom. So you don't have the audience 
to worry about. You've, you've got, you know, a handful of people. And so the pressure is off. Number three. This kind of ties into the last one, but that is talk to one person. None of this like, hey, guys, I know every YouTuber starts off every video with, hey, guys, but I'm pretty sure there is a good chance that your listener is either listening in a car or through a pair of earbuds. It's not like somebody's like, everyone gather around. We're going to listen to the podcast. Junior, fire up the Bluetooth. I want to listen to No Agenda in the morning. Come on, people. No, I don't think that's how that works. So when you talk to one person, it reinforces to you that you're not talking to the audience. You're talking to one person. So it helps reinforce that. But also on the other end of it, your listener feels like like you're talking to them because, well, you're talking to them. Number four. And if you think about talking to one person, think about that one person sitting on the other side of your desk. Right now I'm talking to an invisible person that's sitting right next to the space heater going, can I move that? It's kind of hot. And if they said, Dave, how do I get comfortable doing a live show? What would I say? I mean, how would I answer that? I think again of that one person sitting across and I'd be like, oh, well, here are some tips I could give you. Again, this gets you out of the mindset of the audience and just talking to one person, just your best friend sitting right across. and they're like. Hey, you do this podcasting thing. I've, I've been thinking about doing it. How do I do a solo show? Because I try to do it and I feel really weird. Only whatever it is you're going to talk about. And I had somebody do that. And I was like, hey, that's a great topic for a show. And that's how it works. When somebody asks you a question, you're you're hanging out with your target audience and they say something and you think to yourself, hey, that would be a good episode. And then just think about that person that asked you the question or said whatever it is. And think about them sitting across the table from you. Number five. It doesn't count. So here's what we're going to do. You're getting ready to record this. You feel a little weird. Let's take the pressure off. We're going to press record on this just to test the equipment and make sure that everything's working okay. But there's no way we're going to release this. This is just a test run. And the reason I say that is back when I was a musician, I would drive my bandmates nuts because we would record the song. And then I would go back in to overdub a guitar solo. And I think my record was 17 where like at 15, they're like, that was the best solo ever. Oh my man, you, that was awesome. And I'm like, no, no, I I just didn't feel it, man. I didn't feel it. It didn't come from my toes and they would drive me nuts. So on the next song, the engineer was like, Hey Dave, we, we want to make sure we have your guitar level set. So we're going to go ahead and have you record a solo, but this one's not going to count. So just, just, just play anything. So the pressure was off and I hit it and we get done. I was like, oh man, I actually like that one. I wish we would have been recording to which he said, yeah, we were, we just didn't want you to know we were recording. So think about that. Say, Hey, I'm just going to hit record on this. I'm not going to release this. I just want to make sure everything works, gets me some practice on making sure I don't have plosives and uh, you know, proper mic technique. I'm just, it's just a practice thing. And I'm going to use the actual words. And that way that in the event you get done, you go, Hey, that was actually pretty good. You can keep it. Now in just a second, I'm going to answer the question. Should I script my podcast? And my answer is no. Cause the font is too small. I can't read this junior. Get in here. Make this big. Number six. So the question is, 
Should I wing it? Should I do bullet points? Should I script my show? And I've been to Chicago and I've seen performances of Second City, which is in theory one of the best improv groups in the U.S. And there was a good 70% of that show that was just not good. Now, the 30% was brilliant and it was the stuff you talked about when you went out to eat later, but there was a lot of that show that was bad. And for me, anytime I've ever convinced myself that, oh, I know what I'm going to talk about. I know what I'm going to talk about. I end up weaving and end up re-recording it over and over and over. And so for me, I'm not a big fan of winging it. Every time I do it, I go, ah, didn't I tell myself I would never do this again? I used to use bullet points. And what that is, is I figure out where I want to go, what I want to talk about. And I have, you know, four or five bullet points and I'm going to go over those. And I switched because what would happen is I would kind of riff on those bullet points. And then later I would go back to write my description. And I basically write a blog post for my episode to help attract Google. And I would, I kept coming up with better ideas. I'm like, oh, I should have said this. So now I do the opposite. I actually write out what I want to say. And then I take that and break it down to bullet points. So right now I'm kind of riffing on bullet points, but I already know what I'm going to say because I kind of wrote it out which leads us to scripting it. Should I write out what I want to say? Well, let's talk about what we want to avoid with a script. And that is this, where you kind of talk in a monotone voice and you don't really take any breaths because, well, you know what you're going to say because it's right there in front of the page. And that's not going to work. Nobody wants to be read to. So, and I've said this before, if you want to write out your thoughts, you can. There's no, there's no, you know, podcast police that are come breaking down the door. Wait, he's using a script. Uh, but I do recommend that you throw grammar out the window because we don't write like we talk. And we don't talk like we write and then just basically read it and do your best to pay attention to a couple of things. Number one, your voice inflection. We're going to talk about that in a second. And the other one is number seven. When you write out a script, like right now, I'm trying to figure out what the next words are going to come out of my mouth. So there is that natural pause. And we talked about this in the last episode, the power of the pause. And one of the things it does is when you have to stop and figure out what your next word is, it gives your listener a chance to figure out what the heck did that guy just say? You know, what did she say? Or if it's a really good point, it gives them a chance to go, wow, she's really deep. That kind of thing. So scripting is not awful. It, it takes just as much time as editing your winging it. Cause when you wing it, you have to edit out all the weird stuff where you went off uh, track and things like that. So. The bottom line is try any of these because, again, you can record the same episode over and over and over and never release it. You're just practicing. You're just playing. Number eight. But we talked about tone of voice. And what I usually recommend to people is go to Obnoxious DJ and back it down a notch. So Obnoxious DJ is a guy that just puts in way too much inflection when he's talking because I wouldn't talk like this. Unless I was really upset at you or something like that, you know, just tons of, you're almost singing as you're, that's okay. Nobody talks like that. And the other thing is you would have to work at that. And when you have to work at it, that means eventually you're going to drop it. I've done a podcast once in a character. The whole thing was a character. And I realized that about six minutes in, I ended up sounding like this because it staying in character was kind of hard after a while. So Keep that in mind, and nobody wants to listen to 
a radio person. When podcasting first came on the scene, the thing we loved about it is people weren't talking like this. Okay. All right. Hey, traffic and weather on the tens. So you need to have a little more energy, but don't add so much energy that it then becomes hard to be this caricature of yourself. Be you. I mentioned I'll be talking about the the podcasters roundtable in just a second, but the host of that, my friend Ray Ortega, was saying how he remembered it took him probably seventy episodes before he finally went, "Oh, that's what I'm supposed to sound like," and that's what I'm saying. You don't have to release seventy episodes. You could record seventy episodes in the basement till you finally feel comfortable doing this. So, but what if you say, "Uh." I still kind of feel uncomfortable recording a solo podcast episode. And I want to play a clip. This is my buddy, Jim Cullison. Now, Jim is a guy who has admitted, look, solo stuff is just not for me. He's the co-host of Ask the Podcast Coach. He is the host of Home Gadget Geeks. You can find him at theaverageguy.tv. And I asked him, I'm like, so what's the deal? Why won't you do a solo show? Or why, why do you feel uncomfortable doing a solo show? Yeah, well, they take a little more preparation to begin with. I think if you're going to be out there talking, you know, I'm, I, you can tell when a so when someone's in a solo show and they've run they've run out of thoughts at the moment. It's kind of awkward. And you can edit that, right? I mean, that that kind of works too. But I my my um, stream of consciousness is not that good for that long, and so it's just it's not as good. I need to be bouncing off a, a co-host. I just need to be. I need. I need to talk and then I need to pull back and then I need to let you talk. And so for me, that's, that's just the way it works best for me. I'm just not comfortable doing it solo. And Jim does all of his shows live. He, he streams to YouTube live and then he takes the audio out and puts it out as a podcast. That's what we do on ask the podcast coach as well. And I said, well, would it be easier if you recorded a solo show and it wasn't live? Doing it without an audience is even worse for me. Like that would be, and I know, I know in the, in most podcasters hierarchy, that's totally backwards. Just the way I am friends. And that's the key point I want to say here. When it comes to doing a solo show, if you don't want to do a solo show, then don't do a solo show. I'm just letting you know, you can do these, record them and never release them. And just for fun and see what it's like. And it's, if it's something you've never done, you're going to feel very awkward doing it. Anytime you do anything the first time, it's always like, wait, I have to do what? Okay. Yeah. It's awkward. So keep that in mind. And uh, I was talking with a member of the school of podcasting. You've heard her on this show. And that is Kim Newlove from the pharmacist voice. She's actually a pharmacist who is now moving into the voiceover industry among many other things that she does. And uh, she brought up, we're, we're talking about this subject and she brought up, Hey, you know, Valerie Geller talks about it in that book you recommended, which is beyond powerful radio. If you're not new to the show, I quote Valerie Geller all the time. One of my favorite quotes of all time was there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. And it's from that book beyond powerful radio. And that is by the way, available on audible. So if you buy the book because they use it in like colleges, in classes, it's kind of expensive. If you buy the book, like the Kindle book is 18 bucks. You can get it on Audible. And if you're not an Audible customer, if you go to 
schoolofpodcasting.com slash free book. You can get that book as your free book on Audible. But she mentions there are different types of people. One is generators and the other one is reactors. And I love the fact that Jim said this in the one clip. I need to talk and then I need to pull back and then I need to let you talk. And so, and that is the definition of a reactor. So a generator is someone who easily works alone or is part of a team. They don't have to work alone, but working alone is not a problem for them. They possess a very strong imagination and they don't sweat it when they're behind a microphone looking at the record button or a blank sheet of paper and they've got to come up with an idea. A reactor, the thing that Jim just kind of, I was like, man, that's that's a reactor right there. They're also creative. So let's not get the fact that a, a reactor is not creative. They're very creative and they're great at taking an idea and running with it. The creator has a different style than the generator. The reactor basically might wet their pants when they're stuck behind a microphone by themselves. But a reactor is also, they're creative and they might talk back to the TV and they, they work best with other people to, to kind of tag each other with creative energy. And that's exactly what Jim just said. I like it when I say something and then I pull back and you say something and then he reacts to what you just said. And so in the book, she mentions that generators are somewhat scarce at times. And so what you want is the perfect mix of both styles. When you put two generators together, they might end up listening, not listening to each other. And they kind of try to compete for the attention. But if you put two reactors together, again, this might not work because they're just going to kind of throw out things for ideas and hope that something comes along that they can react to. And if nothing comes along, it's kind of boring. And so you kind of need to know your role. So I was thinking about my role in a couple of different shows I do on Saturday morning. You just heard Jim Collison from Home Gadget Geeks. You can find him at TheAverageGuy.tv. He and I do a show called Ask the Podcast Coach. Jim also does some corporate podcasting for Gallup. And Jim is the ultimate reactor. He typically can come up with different viewpoints that add to the conversation without just repeating what I said. He's brilliant at that. And he's always paying attention. And when I recorded this past weekend, I was talking and for whatever reason, all of a sudden my voice started getting kind of dry and, you know, and I needed to drink some water or I needed to clear it or something was going on. But all this, all of a sudden I just started sounding like this. And so I tossed the topic to Jim and we do this on video. Again, we stream out, we use StreamYard to stream to YouTube and Facebook. So Jim can see me. And as he started talking, I raised my cup and started taking a big drink. And as Jim could see that, he could tell that I needed to take a drink and hence picked up the ball being a reactor and just ran with it. So I could basically take care of whatever I needed to take care of. That was awesome. Got my voice back. And the other thing though, and this is where I say, don't get hung up on the, I don't draw too strong a line between these two because there are times where Jim does dip his toe in as the generator. Now, again, we use StreamYard to do the video. And in that tool, as we're streaming, we can click on a comment that somebody from the audience said in the chat room and bring it up on stage. It's a really cool tool. And I have now given Jim the ability to do that. It used to be it was just me. And now Jim can see something in the chat room 
and say, oh, here's something. So-and-so said this, blah, blah, blah. And then he will basically be the generator and start the idea. And I will then react to what Jim said, and he will then react to that. And I kind of look at this in a way almost like a ping pong match or a volleyball. And that kind of leads me to the next show I'm on, because in in that show, Ask the Podcast Coach, I definitely feel like the generator. I'm the guy that kind of goes out and comes up with the ideas of here's where we can go. Here's some questions. I usually look at Facebook groups to see what people are talking about. And in a way, the Facebook group is the generator there. Both Jim and I are kind of reacting to the things we saw online. And then I organize what we're going to talk about first. And then Jim reacts to those. I do another show called the Podcasters Roundtable. This is Ray Ortega's show, and I am a co-host along with Daniel J. Lewis. So Ray is kind of the generator, although he does ask the people that come on the panel. Now, this is a panel. It's not an interview. It's a panel, and it's usually four people, maybe five. And so this type of roundtable, it reminds me a little bit like a volleyball game because Ray serves the ball over the net. And then Daniel, myself, and whoever our guest is, we bring on a new roundtabler every episode. We start bouncing that idea back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And that includes Ray. So Ray served it, but he can also then kind of switch and be someone who comments on it. He doesn't have to just serve and shut up. So he can be a reactor, but it's also Ray is in charge as the moderator as to when have we beat the snot out of this topic and when can we move on. So we all know that Ray's in charge of that. Now, what about interviews? Because I talked about, you know, a live show where we answer questions, another show that's a roundtable. But Dave, I do an interview show. Well, when you interview someone, you are the generator because you are coming up with the questions. Your guest then reacts to that question. And then you then generate, if needed, a follow-up question, which in a way is kind of a reaction. See how they kind of blend together this way? But with this in mind, I think you'll eventually learn to kind of do both skills. I always say, I think being a podcaster makes you more flexible. I don't think you get rattled as much because number one, we're dealing with technology and there's always going to be a curveball. Just this month, for the first time ever, I lost a Zoom call. I do a lot of Zoom meetings and things like that. And I always tell my clients that, hey, you don't have to worry about taking notes because I'm recording the Zoom call. And I've never had it where I could not get the files. I've had it occasionally hook up and I have to kind of massage the file and all of a sudden I'll get my file back. But I actually had a Zoom call that just when I got done, it just went and that was it. And I was like, huh. So I always say when you're doing interviews to have something recording twice. So it could be Zoom and I have a, a roadcaster, I have a Tascam, it could be a Zoom PodTrack P4, it could be, you know, I could be recording in Audacity or Hindenburg something. Always have two recordings going. So by losing that, I didn't like lose my cookies. I was kind of like, hey, I'm really sorry. Here's the notes that I made from what I can remember from the call and here's some links and things like that. And I think in general, we get better at being reactive. Was it John Lennon that said uh, life is 80% what happens to you and or or 20% what happens to you and 80% how you react? Is that John Lennon? I think so. So with interviews, you are kind of both the generator and the reactor. 
but you generate by having those initial uh, questions that you're going to throw at people. Now, kind of the last point on this is a good team, because really, whether it's uh, an interview, a roundtable, a live Q&A call, whatever it is, a good team is always aware of the other team members on the floor. I uh, I live in uh, Akron, Ohio, and I have been privy to watch LeBron James play basketball when he lived here. And he's amazing how fast he can pass without even looking at people because he's just aware of his other teammates. It's amazing to, it's cool on TV. It's amazing to watch in person. And so when I do ask the podcast coach, I kind of know in a way my role is the generator there. I'm kind of kicking things off. And again, in a way it's really the chat room. That's the generator. And then it's just up to me and Jim to be reactors, but I'm kind of the generator there, but I do occasionally have to remind myself to make sure if I'm a little more comfortable, just going solo that I do have a co-host and I have to remember to, to throw things to Jim. Hopefully I don't do that a lot. I think I'm much better at that than I was when we first started the show. And when I'm in the, the reactor role on the podcasters roundtable, I always try first to react and state my opinion because that's when I'm there and, and share a story or share some insights and things like that and let Ray decide where to go. I've even seen Ray, who's a great moderator on that show, purposely ask someone for their opinion to make sure he gets everyone involved. But the podcasters roundtable, Daniel J. Lewis came back to that show. He went on hiatus to take care of his little son. And his little son is not as little as he used to be. And Daniel is slowly working his way back to juggling both podcasting and being a dad. So it was nice to have him back, but it was kind of fun to just go, oh yeah, this is why this show works so well. Cause you have Ray who does professional editing and production for a living. He, he works with a, some sort of science group and helps them produce their podcast. That is his day job. Then you have Daniel, who's the guy behind my podcast reviews and social subscribe and follow as well as uh, the audacity to podcast. He had a, a membership site for a while and Daniel is just a stats nerd and does deep dives into all sorts of super technical stuff. So he's great to have on. I have the background in teaching. I do tech support for Libsyn. So I have a wide view of a lot of different podcasters. So we all have our own separate kind of specialty. And then we bring on a guest and that's one of the key things since we're talking about doing a solo show, I'm just adding this on as a tangent. If you want to, if you go, you know what? I'm a reactor. I need a co-host. Make sure that the person you pick is not exactly the same as you. Because if I did a show with, let's say, Mike Dell from Blueberry, who's a friend of mine, and we got on and I said something about, hey, have you ever done such and such? Mike and I probably share a lot of things in common. And I would go, you know, this is kind of annoying. And Mike would go, yeah, I, I think so, too. Okay, next topic. And so you want somebody who has a different skill set, a different viewpoint, something like that, because otherwise, why do we need two of you to do that? So maybe we'll talk about that in the future. How do I go about finding a co-host? Because today we talked about how do I go about doing this alone? And, and again, remember, just because you record something does not mean you have to record it. You can try one, see what it's like. 
If you go, yeah, I'm not releasing that, then you can decide, do I want to do this again and try it again? I think this could be fun. It wasn't that bad. And see, if you do a couple, if you go, huh, you know what? I think that one was good enough. And you can always get some feedback from somebody who's not named mom to let you know what they think. Because the more you do anything, the better you're going to be at it. But the bottom line is, it's your show. And if you go, no, the way I'm wired, mm -mm, solo shows are not for me, then guess what? Don't do a solo show. And I know you're like, but Dave, you said it, it grows your influence when you do a solo show. There are ways that you can take an interview show and do what I call the Jerry Springer. Now, for those of you who weren't around for Jerry Springer, he was this guy, he actually was the mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio, and ended up with this weird kind of reality TV show. And eventually people would punch each other in the nose and throw chairs and yell at each other. It was, you know, it was love with a capital L all over it. And so you'd have these people behaving very badly on TV. And at the end, Jerry would sit down with some quiet piano music and go, so what did we learn today? We learned that if you get hit in the face with a chair, it hurts. But we also learned, you know, he'd do this whole thing. And you can do that at the end of an interview. So if I just got done interviewing Daniel J. Lewis, I could say, well, we learned today about my podcast reviews and how you can actually see all of your reviews from all the different countries around the world in one place. And the thing I love about that is I never even realized I was getting reviews from Australia. Hello, Australia. And whatever it is. And then I remember once I got this one review from such and such. And then you can share a little story because when you do an interview show, the goal is to make your guest sound good and make them look smart and shiny and awesome and great. Well, okay, that's great. But I, I want to grow my influence. Well, okay. At the end of the show, pick one item or two items or three items. Make them quick if it's three. Because you don't want to recap the whole interview because, well, you know what? Your audience was there. They just heard that too. But when you can say, I really like this thing that the guest said, and then maybe share a little story about you and how you help somebody do such and such and such and such, they also get to know about you. When you make an interview, you want the interview to be all about the guest, but it's still your show. And that's how you can grow your influence by doing interview shows because you're like, mm -mm, put a gun to my head. I'm not doing a solo show. I get it. I want to give a quick shout out to Glenn Gabriel. He was in a Facebook group and he said, hey, I'm rereading Profit from your podcast by Dave Jackson. I read the digital version last July on my iPhone and I'm reading the paperback version now. Short review. It's a fantastic and brief overview of the multiple ways you can monetize your podcast and just finished the crowdfunding chapter, and the advice is still relevant. You need to grow your crowd first before you ask for the funding. My podcast will be two years old in April, and I'm still working on improving it. Better audio, better topics and guests, as well as becoming a better host and interviewer. I've slowly grown my audience. It's, very, it's a very niche podcast, but I hope to eventually attract a sponsor that is in my sport. And if you're thinking, well, what sport is that? Because when I went to Glenn, in this case, he said it in a Facebook group and I clicked on Glenn's name and then I said, show me his profile. And I clicked on contact and basic info. And there was his website address, which again, coaching kids curling.com. And I'm here to tell you 
there are many, many, many times when I see somebody, I go, they might be a good guest, or I'd like to contact them and say, howdy or whatever. And there's just no contact information. And that's the person in many cases that's saying, I don't know. I don't get much feedback because you've made it impossible. So thanks again to Glenn. If you'd like to buy the book, you can actually get an autographed copy by going to profitfromyourpodcast.com slash book. That's profitfromyourpodcast.com slash book. It does receive really good reviews when people read it. I remember Chris Komitsos from the event PodFest, and he said, wow, if people ever ask me, how do I monetize my podcast? I'm just going to hand them your book. And I said, dude, I know you're my friend. Thanks so much. But like, really, what did you think of it? And he goes, no, that's what I'm going to do. So I like Chris. You need truth tellers in your life to say, no, that was good. Or no, that wasn't good. And that's some of the things I've been doing at the School of Podcasting, just to give you a little insight as we head out the door here. I am working on a growing your podcast course because I have all the things about how to make a good podcast. And it dawned on me that this growing your podcast course, which I kind of have now, I'm revamping it, is really just putting into action all the things that you just learned. It's like, okay, now that you've figured out who your target audience is and you figured out what your why is and you figure out how you're going to measure your success and you verified that this is a good podcast. Now let's dump some gas on it and light this thing on fire and watch it just blow up the world and change the world and change your world as well. So if you want to sign up, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. That's just one of the courses. And this one's going to be a little different. Normally when I do a course, I wait till it's completely done. And I'm going to release this one and make it available to members so they can start doing these as I put them up. And that's not the norm for me. But again, the great thing about podcasting and when you own anything, it's yours and you can try it. So this one, I'm going to have this course in active so people can go through it. Give me feedback as I do it and then reshape this whole course. So again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. For tuning in, if you knew, <laughs> if you just, and this is the beginning of the show. Holy cow. I just had one this weekend. I was working with some bun. Sunbun? Yes, I was I was working with Sunbun. It's a company, they make donuts, it's a whole thing, and they didn't show up. Apple Podcast or Google Google Google. It's a new it's a new kind of app, Google. It's it's part peanut butter, right? Because there's Goober's peanut butter. Anyway, let's go back to the question, shall we? Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, this is why I help you face your fears, flatten that learning curve. No, face your fears. Tackle the technology, face your fears, and flatten the learning curve. That's it. It's been a while since I've used that one. Man, I love this effect. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you podcasting. Da-da.